global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey there, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions for farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. On today's episode, I'll actually be flying solo. As they say, it's time to let the baby bird leave the nest, and and hopefully I can do this, and instead of sinking, I'll, I'll swim through this, but we wanted just to share kind of some quick insight. You know, there's there's times where we like to do some interviews. There's times where we like to provide some new content out there, some things you to think about. But there's also some times where we just want to update some stuff. We feel that it is the season to kind of share some new information on an old topic. And as we are going through harvest, some of us, especially in the South, have finished up harvest. Some of us in the North are just getting going. We're seeing some, in some cases, tremendous yields. In other cases, it was a drought. You know, what can you expect in a situation where you lack moisture all season long? So with that being said, I wanted to add kind of a fresh face, a little bit of a reminder as you listen to this when when you are harvesting and kind of bring up a topic to bail or not to bail. That is the Stover question that we get a lot. And, you know, Rod's talked about this in previous podcasts. He's, he's done some stuff on the social media platforms as well. So if you want to take kind of a deeper dive into this, you can find other content that we've dropped out there. But I wanted to bring up some things to think about. Again, while you're kind of sitting there wondering, you know, man, I'm, I'm having a an issue with, you know, too much residue on top. What do I do? I've kind of heard of these different jugs in a bug that I can just spray on and all of a sudden magically my stover will disappear. I am going to put a shameless plug in. We have actually had a corn digester recipe for years and years. We've talked about it several times that I do know works and it doesn't have to do with buying a specific jug. It happens to do with, surprise, surprise, the science behind how we can increase microbial growth. It's interesting that that when you look at removing stock bales from your field, I am dead serious when I say there are times where people will say things like, well, you know, my, my buddy actually has the, the feedlot next door and he just tells me if he can do it all, you know, he'll bring his equipment in, he'll rake everything up, bail it all up and truck it out. And, you know, I don't have any expense in it and he just takes it off the field. And then, you know, maybe for Christmas or something like that, I get a freezer full of beef. <laughs> if that's you, if you're listening to this and you let your buddy take those stock bales off the field in return for a, a freezer full of beef, please, please, please don't take that phone call yet. Listen to this episode and then think about your response to him when, when he asks if, if he can do that. You know, there are other many reasons why you might want to get rid of that fodder, get rid of the stover. Guys will seriously use it. Your your neighbor, buddy, will actually use it for feed or even bedding. I hear a lot of people that'll throw a little molasses or something like that on some of those stock bales, and they'll actually get the cattle to eat on that. So it's a little bit of a a cheaper form of feed. And and I'm not an animal rights activist by any means, but I'm going to tell you right now, how's about your buddy that does that? Why don't we wait till all the straw bales are off the hay racks for the hay rack ride 
around Halloween and we'll process that straw bale up. So it, the feedability is, is a little bit better. And, and I'll just put it in a, a cereal bowl full of syrup and see how he enjoys eating that stuff. So we need to think about that, but we also need to think about the nutrition side of it, right? We're getting that stuff off there. We may be trying to get rid of some fodder. We hear a lot of things about the reasons why we're removing that. Oh, well, yeah, you know what? I am selling that stuff or I am coming back with some manure. I'm going to talk about manure specifically here in in a little bit, but but we need to understand that the nutrients alone we're pulling off of there, when you just look at phosphorus and potassium, which we don't just look at phosphorus and potassium, we look at every plant available nutrient that you can put on your field. But just looking at those, there's tons and tons of studies, especially here in the Midwest, that talk about roughly four pounds of phosphorus, about 34 pounds of potassium per ton of stover. And that's kind of based off of you know, even if you look at like a 200 bushel corn crop, you're still going to have about 1.9 ton removal of that stover with all those nutrients. And you say, okay, well, I can do the math and I can tie the numbers together. I know that map right now is I have no idea if it's 750 bucks a ton, potash is 500 bucks a ton, something like that. And so I know that I have to sell those bales for, you know, X amount of money to make that profit back. But why don't we sit there and think a little bit deeper. You say, well, there's no harm, no foul in, in the manure side of things. So I'll just get rid of that. But if we think about the ideal soil organic matter, again, Rod said this before. We talk about all the time in our two-day fundamentals of agronomy event that we put on, by the way, another little shameless plug. Those are going to be coming up here in the next few months. So if you have not been or you want to get registered for those, they are going to fill up fast this year. And we're firing up here in just a matter of weeks. So reach out to us and and we'll get you to one of those events. But that ideal soil organic matter of 100 parts carbon, 10 parts nitrogen, one part sulfur, another reason why you need to have a little bit of sulfur. And with your nitrogen, another topic for another day. But that ideal ratio in soil organic matter, it also has to go with the ideal microbial diet of 24 parts carbon to one part Nitrogen, the, the little bugs in the soil, they absolutely love that ratio. When, when they have that there, that's when they thrive. And you can say, well, Tyler, I have more parts of carbon than I do the nitrogen available at that point. So I can pull off a bunch of that carbon to help that out. Another interesting study that was done, it goes and talks about the effects of excess nitrogen, especially as it pertains to a corn crop at this point, just kind of speaking relatively. But it says that excess nitrogen, which you cannot see that your corn plant has excess nitrogen, that excess nitrogen will actually increase plant disease. And I don't know if anybody, I I feel like maybe in, in this day and age, there's a lot of fungicides being sprayed around. I'm sure you'll have to ask yourself as you listen to this, did you use a fungicide this year? And if you did, do you feel like you had too much nitrogen out there? That's something to think about. Now, the other interesting thing is when you start to pull that carbon source out of there, an article is brought to mind, a, a bulletin from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, one of their crop watch bulletins, it actually states that 2.4 tons of residue per acre is actually needed for soil organic matter maintenance. That's to keep your soil organic matter. You know, if you have a a 2.3 OM percentage, 
you need about 2.4 tons of residual just to hold that 2.3 or 5.5 or whatever it is. They're saying that you need to hold that. The other thing to keep in mind is that for every 1% soil organic matter, you can roughly hold about three quarters of an inch of moisture. So anywhere from like a half inch to one inch. How valuable would an extra 1% soil organic matter, an extra three quarters of an inch, maybe one inch of moisture been on your farm this year in 2023? You know, when you look across the board, there are a few parts of the Midwest that weren't in a drought. They had some phenomenal weather and some great rains and they were very blessed and that's awesome. But when you looked across the country as a whole, generally in the corn growing states and the surrounding states around us, you were in a drought. Again, as you listen to this, you're probably thinking, geez, Tyler, I was in a drought. So if you had an extra additional 1% soil organic matter and could hold on to an additional one inch of rain, would that have made a difference in your operation? Or how much of a difference would that have made in your operation? Would it have been worth it to get your neighbor in your field to pull all that residue out so that you could get a free freezer full of beef? Or would you have enjoyed another 20, 30, 40 bushels of corn because you had just enough moisture to carry through some of that drought and to get you to some of these timely rains we had in the fall? Really, really, really got to concentrate and think about those things when you're bailing up those stocks. Now, again, I know you're saying, look, uh, I get it, Tyler, but still I am putting that manure out there. All right. I'm not just taking it off the soil and then, you know, trying to dry broadcast an, an additional amount. You know, I'm actually putting back some of that nutrition back through manure. But in the cold states, this doesn't affect some of us, you know, further down south. But in the, the cold states, one of these days, hopefully not soon, the government's going to step in because it's already happening. Some of our brothers and sisters that we work with in states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, those are some rough ones. They can no longer apply fertilizer, some of this stuff, manure, nitrogen on frozen ground. It's just going to come to a halt. Now we have soil that had all the stover stripped off of it. It's allowed to sit more bare throughout the entire winter months that we're getting rain, sleet, snow, ice, all of those fun things. And what is happening to our bare soil in those months? You know, it was interesting as you looked across some of the fields this spring, I was riding in a car and the, the passenger of that vehicle said, I think there's smoke from the wildfires uh, that were happening. But they're like, look at all the snow caps and stuff and, and all of that stuff on there. Well, I, I looked at him and I said, well, you need to understand that that's actually just wind erosion from all the fields that were around that soil just blowing off of there. You've got to ask yourself, you know, why would you want to give up that soil to get rid of some bales when ultimately you could keep those stock bales, keep the nutrition that's in there, and then also have the cover that you need for that ground so that you're not losing that ground. You know, you don't want that stuff basically to be ripe for eroding, right? Now, as we close up this episode, I did kind of want to bring up one last thing that, that we've got to think about other than just the P and the K and, and also micros that are in there that you're losing out on when you sell those bales. 
you know, I've become a kind of a soil nerd and used to kind of joke around at Iowa State when I was taking soils and super dirt and all that stuff. I thought, you know, when when would there ever be a time that this would make sense to me and, and matter to me? Today, I sit here and I have a better understanding of the soil profile than I ever have. And when you think about what you are removing, not only are you removing phosphorus, potassium, calcium, magnesium, those are what are called cations, right? So we have cations, positively charged ions. We have anions, negatively charged ions. So cations make up the majority of the nutrition that we need, right? So we know that sulfur, boron, and also nitrogen are anions are negatively charged, but everything else is positively charged. And you say, okay, I'm trying to follow you here as we wrap this up. When you pull out anions off the soil profile, you are decreasing that ability for that soil to help neutralize the pH or or those nutrients, those anions to help neutralize the pH of that soil. So now you're out here, uh, you know, I think Rod brought up cover crops. A guy would pull the corn stalks off, put on cover crops to try to get back the nutrients that he was losing. So he's, he's paying money for the cover crops. Then you pull that off of there. Now all of a sudden you're seeing a dip in your pH. So now you're starting to lime even heavier and spending that money. And I just, you've got to ask yourself, is it really worth some of the intangible things that you can't put your hand on? I get it. It looks nice. It looks clean. You don't have a bunch of leaves rolled up in your fence rows and and all that stuff. And so we, we want to have a, a nice clean field, but maybe, maybe you do a little bit of tillage and try to push some of that stuff in the soil profile. So it does break down to be quite honest with you. Maybe you just reach out to us and say, Hey, I keep hearing you guys talk about that stock digester recipe. I'm not interested in getting some biology that I don't know if it does work, but I'm interested in what you guys do to actually feed the biology and speed that work up. Reach out to us. It doesn't take hardly any time at all. It certainly doesn't cost you anything, but ultimately what's stopping you from reaching out? If you reach out, someone from the team will contact you and you'll have a nice, lovely conversation. We have some fantastic people that are working with us that are here to make your life better. And that's all we're here for. We want to provide value. And please remember to always have a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.